Amen. Well, we have been in a series uh, called Commissioned. I believe this is part eight. We're going to continue in that this morning. Let's look at Matthew 28, verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Verse 19 says, Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. Go make disciples of all nations. In Mark 16, 15, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Go into all the world and preach the gospel. In Luke 24, Luke 24, verse 46. It says, Then he said to them, Thus it is written, and thus it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning at Jerusalem. That repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name to all nations beginning in Jerusalem. So this is what we know as the Great Commission. Jesus gave direction to his disciples to go into all the world, preach the gospel, make disciples of all nations, preach the good news. Let's look at 2 Corinthians 5.17. We looked at this. We've looked at these scriptures. We're just uh, going over them as a foundation. 2 Corinthians 5.17 said, This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. And all, the, all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ and has given us this task of reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. So we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Now look at verse 21. For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, so that we could be made right with God through Christ. Go back to verse 18. Let's look at that. Actually, go back to verse 17. We'll read that, the full verse. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Verse 18, and all of this is a gift from God. Notice that. Who brought us back to himself through Christ. 
And God has given us the task, or this task, of reconciling people to Him. And notice he said, all this is a gift from God, that God was in Christ reconciling people to Himself, and now He's given us the task of telling other people about it. Verse 20, skip down to verse 20, it says, So we are no longer, or, or we are Christ's ambassadors. God is making His appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. So he's given us this job of, of, of reconciling, of bringing people back to God. We go ahead and look at verse 21. It says, For God made Christ, who never sinned, to be the offering for our sin, that we could be made right with God through Christ. So he's saying, this is a gift. It's our job to share the gift, but he comes right back and says that it was through Christ that we were made right. Look at it in the New King James. That, that was the NLT, just because that whole passage is really good in the NLT. But look at the, the New King James uh, in 2 Corinthians 5.21. It says, For he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Look at the amplified version of that. It says, He made Christ who knew no sin to judicially be sin on our behalf so that in Him we would become the righteousness of God. That is, we would be made acceptable to Him and, and placed in a right relationship with Him by His gracious loving kindness. That's what it means when it says we're the righteousness of God in Christ. It means this. That you know, Amplified brings out some nuances. Let's look at it again. Go ahead and we'll read it from the beginning. Verse 21. He made Christ who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so that in Him we would become the righteousness of God, which is, that is, we would be made acceptable to Him and placed in a right relationship with Him by His gracious loving kindness. See, we're talking about being commissioned, that the church is commissioned to share this good news. I'll read one more scripture before I make a few more comments. Look at Proverbs 28, verse 1. Proverbs 28, verse 1, and then we'll get into this more, but I just want to read this. It says, The wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are as bold as a, light, a lion. The righteous are as bold as a lion. We just read these scriptures, and we're going to read more, that talk about the Christian being righteous. The Christian being made righteous, and we see that that means that we're acceptable to Him and we're placed in a right relationship with Him. And we've been focusing on the fact that we have been given the task of sharing the gospel with people, that they can be reconciled to God. And here's a critical thing. If we don't have that settled in ourselves and know that we're right with God, 
then you, you, me, anybody, we will not be bold like we ought to to share that because we're unsure or we're unsettled or even if we have head knowledge, you know, we don't know, why should I say anything to you? I mean, look at my life. What should I say? And it will, it will steal the boldness and it will steal the want to to do the Great Commission. Because you'll feel like, well, maybe somebody else can share that, but who am I to say something? I mean, and, and see, the devil, we have an adversary. His name is Satan or the devil. He, he knows, uh, he, he's... He's an intelligent being. We don't glorify him. I mean, you can make the case he's stupid because he tried to, you know, he, he tried to take out the, the, the living God, tried to fight against him in heaven, and that didn't go so well. Then he tried to kill the Son of God, and that backfired. So on one sense, is, you know, there's some, maybe some uh, gaps in his understanding, but he, under, he knows people. And he knows, you know, he's going to try to bring things to your mind you know you, and so you know where you're, you know you're not perfect, I know I'm not perfect, and so that's the type of stuff Satan's going to try to remind me, what, you're going to go tell people about Jesus? Look at your life. Now, we ought to live as holy as we can, and we ought, I mean, we ought to serve God, but no person, no Christian is perfect. Jesus is perfect, but no person uh, walking on this earth is perfect, and if we're not careful, if we don't understand how we are right with God and where it comes from, then we will be stolen from in every area. But as in this area, we're talking about in this context, you, you, this, Satan can hold you in a place, if we'll listen to him, where we don't want to share with anybody because I'll do that after I get my life completely straight. The thing is, that, those goalposts will move your whole life. You could be doing really great right now compared to where you were five years ago, but if, if you're listening to condemnation, the enemy said, well, you're not good enough yet. Well, of course you're not. That's why Jesus came. And we're not right with God based on what we did. That is works. That's religion. That's what the rest of the religions in the world tell people, yeah, you, you want to know God? Well, here's the list. But Christianity, what Jesus told us to share is, it's in Him. We can grow up in Him. We can, yeah, we can be uh, living better today than we were yesterday, and we'll live better, you know, in a week or a year than we, than we are now. But that, that is not how we relate to God. We are not the righteousness of ourselves. We don't come to God and say, look at how great I am, therefore you have to accept me. No, no, it's... it's it's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus based on what He did. That's the good news. That's what we're to share. And we need to be settled in that. We need to understand that it is only by Jesus' blood and what He did in our accepting it that we have any place with God. And then when we, when we understand that, we can raise, rise to a higher level. We can walk boldly, not listening to condemnation, not listening to the enemy, not, not listening to thoughts of, well, you're not good enough to share the gospel, into, I am right with God right now, and I can share that other people can be right with God right now if they believe on Him. It frees us up. And it makes us bold. 
that is a, a, a part of being bold is knowing that we belong with the Lord. Let's look at Ephesians 6, verse 16. Now let's come back to that. Let's look at Romans 10, verse 8. Romans 10, verse 8. It says, What does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. Verse 10, For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Notice it says, With the heart one believes unto righteousness. You believe unto righteousness, you don't earn it. The Bible said, we read in, in, in 2 Corinthians 5, 21, that we have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. How did we get there? It's by believing what Jesus did. How do you walk in it? By believing what Jesus did. And that's your right with Him. How will you be able to walk at a higher level? By trying real hard and saying, oh, if I can only get there. See, if we fall in, and it's the easiest thing to do for a Christian, if we fall into trying to earn from God and, and believe that what we're able to receive from Him is based on what we do, then it will put pressure on us to perform, which will actually make our performance worsen. We see this in every area. You know, I used to play um, baseball. I played soccer as well, but there was, I, I, I played baseball uh, from the time I was in kindergarten or first grade, and I played it in leagues till I was in eighth grade, and then I, you know, I really started focusing on soccer. But I went through this period of time. Uh, I was a pitcher, you know, I'd play pitcher, I'd play second base, play shortstop. And you know, we're talking little league baseball. You know, I never went. I didn't, even, didn't play high school or anything. So you know, you'd swap in the pitchers and stuff. It's not like you're focusing at that age at all. But one thing I did like to pitch. And um, you know that when you're pitching, you know, you're you're targeting this little area over the plate. You know, plates like about that wide and. You know, when you're dealing with kids that age, I don't know, we're talking about fifth grade, sixth grade, you know, maybe you could be, have tall ones, but generally speaking that, and they're hunched over, so you're talking about a strike zone, you know, like that, uh, big. And, you know, pitching, when, when I was relaxed and just in the flow, you know, you're winding up and throwing, and it's almost effortless. You, you're not really thinking about where you're throwing the ball as far as just really trying to, to get in a certain place. You know, as far as where, where your, your arm's coming over and the trajectory, you're not thinking about all the dynamics. You're just, you, you've done it enough, so you're doing it. You're in the flow. And so you just in, intuitively know you're going to throw it like this and it's going in that area. And if, if, it, if it's a little off, you adjust, but you're not 
you're not overthinking it. It's, you're in a flow. You're hitting it. But if you get to the place where you start thinking about every little part and, and you start overemphasizing things and it becomes more and more pressure, your performance can just start tanking. Anybody play sports and know what I'm talking about? If you start overthinking the mechanics of something, you're trying. They pay, people say you're trying too hard, right? And it's not that you try hard and do better. You're trying too hard and you're doing really poorly. And I went through this period of time then um, where I was in a slump, batting, and when I was fielding, uh, pitching, I, it, I was so in my head that when the ball would come, when I'd be at shortstop, I was so in my head and I started getting, you know, you start just thinking about the ball's bouncing and instead of being confident going at the ball, you're wondering how it's going to bounce and it's going to hit you or you're going to get drilled. And I would make mistakes and batting. I just went, that's what, you know, if you hear people go into a slump, it's in the head. Yeah. They, they got to get out of their head and back into to flowing naturally. You know, if you get in your head, when, when I would get in my head, like, okay, you know, where does it have to be to hit that? I mean, you, when I'm throwing, it, the ball goes into the dirt. Whereas you were just, I had this buddy that was the catcher. And we had a good relationship. And I remember there was this period of time, I don't even know. See, I mean, at that age, I never could throw like a, a curve, a real curve. I could make the ball curve a little bit, but you got to, you know, I never really... At that age, wasn't really old enough to really do it. But I went through this period of time where, I mean, we were in this game, and, and I was able to start doing stuff with the balls, just, just making it move. And it was like the, the bottom was dropping out of it, and the, the kids could not hit it, and he knew what was going on. We were just in a zone, not thinking about anything, just able to do it because I wasn't thinking and just hit, got into a different place. But this is a lot like when we're, when we're walking in life with God, if we don't understand how our relationship, the foundation of it, how it's, it's, what it's based on, then when you start thinking about it, that you, you think it's you. You have to do better. You ha it's, and if you don't do better, you're not going to be able to receive from God. And if you don't receive from God, and it's just like this pressure, you start thinking about it, it, starts, it doesn't make you do better. It makes you do more poorly. Now, things that don't, didn't have any pull on you, all of a sudden they have a huge pull on you because you think if you mess up this much, you can't go forward with God. And it starts bringing you down. Whereas when we understand where we stand with God, that it's the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, we understand if we miss it, we can get right back into to fellowship with God and go forward. It actually allows us to do better in life. We're okay. We walk not in our head. We walk, we're flowing from our heart. We're not overthinking stuff. We're not in condemnation. We're flowing with God in His righteousness. Romans 3.21 says, But now the righteousness of God, apart from the law, is revealed, being witnessed by the law in the prophets, even the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who what? Who believe. Not 
the righteousness of God isn't imparted by you doing the right thing. It's by believing the right thing. But if we get into where we're thinking it's doing the right thing, not a, and, and not focusing on this today, but the balance to this is, does that mean it doesn't matter what we do? Of course it matters what we do. I mean, if you think it doesn't matter what you do, I mean, you, you could go out, uh, break a bunch of traffic laws. If you do it flagrantly enough, I mean, if you get pulled over, you're going to pay a penalty you know, if we go out and just go, go up by the police station, the 28, in the middle of Andover, you know, and just peel out and do donuts in, the, in, the, in front of there and just till they come out, there may be some consequences, right? Well, it doesn't matter what we do. No, it matters what we do, but you, that's not the basis of our relationship with God. Okay, so you have to say that. We're not going to focus on that, but people... We'll go off into the ditch. Oh, it doesn't matter. No, it matters. The Bible says the wages of sin is death. We don't want that. But if you think that's the basis of your relationship with God, that's not true. Our relationship with God, as far as how we came into the family, is based on what we believe. It says the righteousness of God through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. See, this righteousness you can't earn. It is a gift. It is given. And we're talking about this on, I mean, this is to encourage us in our faith in this area, but in the context of sharing the word, see, uh, sharing the gospel. You, have, you may have been born again for many years, but over time, if we're not careful, it can get to where the mechanics of walking the Christian life, if our eyes are not on the right thing, can start to bog us down to where we're not excited to share anything with anybody because we feel like, good night, if I share the word with them, I mean, I know I, I, I'm working on this and this, and it's like I'd have to give them all this you know, information just to say, well, again, you know, Jesus, Jesus died for you, but you know, there's, you really got to do all this to even make it work. That's a sign that we've fallen into doing it ourselves. We feel like we have to relate to God based on what we've done. And, and then the joy is gone. There's no, I, I'm not excited to share with somebody else because I think, good night. I mean, I'm not there yet. I, 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 I'm not qualified. I did this wrong and this wrong. And so there's no, ex, there's no joy. We've lost sight of the fact that there's a, it's a gift. And so we need to keep this stirred up. And as we keep it stirred up, then we'll be excited to share this news with somebody else that, hey, did you know you can be right with God today? Yeah, but I did this and this and this. Yeah, but that's the, way, right, the reason why Jesus came. Wouldn't we tell that? If, you, if somebody were going to come back, they weren't a believer and say, yeah, but you don't understand. I've done this and this. You say, good news. That's why Jesus came. But then, well, you know, I've been a Christian so for all these years. I ought to know better. Not that we shouldn't grow. We should grow. But, you know, I mean, I can tell that to you. But when I'm talking about actually walking it through, then I'm just like got this weight on my shoulder. I don't know. Yeah, that's great for you. But, you know, I'll, you know I'm, I've been around for a while, so I have a heavier burden to bear. That's religion. 
and that'll stop you, and that'll hurt our faith. We won't have any joy. We won't be excited about doing the Great Commission. We need to keep ourselves stirred up in this area. Look at uh, Romans 5.17. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one, how much more those who receive abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one Jesus Christ. Notice it says, who received the gift of righteousness. The gift. It's a gift. It's not something you earned. It's a gift. We were made righteous. We believed unto righteousness. That righteousness the righteousness of God was given through faith in Jesus Christ to all and on all who believe. Look at Romans 4, verse 20. This is in the NLT. It says, Abraham never wavered in believing God's promise. In fact, his faith grew stronger. And in this he brought glory to God. He was fully convinced that God is able to do whatever he promises. And because of Abraham's faith, God counted him as righteous. And when God counted him as righteous, it wasn't just for Abraham's benefit, it was recorded for our benefit too, assuring us that God will also count us as righteous if we believe in Him. The one who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, He was handed over to die because of our sins, and He was raised to life to make us right with God. To make us right with God. Everybody say, right with God. Right with God. That's why... Jesus was raised, and by believing that, that's how we become right with God. Look at uh, 24 and 25, verses 24 and 25 in the Amplified. It says, But for our sake also, to whom righteousness will be credited, as those who believe in Him who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was betrayed and crucified because of our sins, and was raised from the dead because of our justification, our acquittal, absolving us of all sin before God. It said, to whom righteousness will be credited. And then it says, Jesus was raised for our justification or our acquittal, absolving us of all sin before God. Look at that last verse in the Amplified Classic. It says, who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds and was raised to secure our justification, our acquittal, making our account balance and absolving us from all guilt before God. All guilt. If we walk around with guilt all the time because we don't measure up, we're surely not going to be sharing the gospel with anybody else. Because we're going to be inward focused. We're going to say, I got too much to work on here. Now, we should, have, we should be concerning ourselves with our problems and not everybody else's problems. Because everybody has more than enough to do with ourselves, right? On the other hand, if we're thinking, I got to get this all together, 
then we're not thinking we're right with God. We can walk around with guilt. We can walk around with condemnation. We can walk around feeling like we just don't quite belong and I'm trying to get there. Well, that's going to keep us inward focused and not uh, happy and enjoying life and fulfilled in what he's done and ready to share because we're looking in. You know, if you're walking down around the street all the time like this, we're missing everything around us. Well, we may not be walking like this on the outward, but if you could see uh, on the inward sometimes, we may be, our head may be up, but inside we look like this. So when we're talking to somebody, instead of looking at them and being sensitive to what's going on uh, with them and letting God flow through and maybe talk to them about the gospel, we're looking like this. So we're, we're inside, we may be looking at them, but we're really thinking, man, you know, I got this, do this, I got it, this, and I, I should be doing this, and I'm talking to you, but, uh, you know, I, I don't feel settled and secure with God myself. I might have known this, but I let it slip. We may have let it slip and may, may not be walking around knowing that I am right with God. I have been acquitted. I am in right standing with Him. So, let me see, I'm hooking up with Him. How are you doing? And we may not even ask that question. We're, our our antenna is just up when we're talking to somebody. Is there anything I can say to point you to him? Is there anything I can say that would be beneficial to uh, pointing somebody and helping them on their way to a relationship with God? See, when we are, are settled and secure in him and know what he's done vitally. It's alive. It's now. It's not, I knew that 10 years ago. I knew that last year, but man, recently it's pushed on me. I don't, I don't, I'm not, I don't feel so excited about my relationship with God. I, I don't, I don't feel bold in receiving from God. I don't feel bold in walking in these things. Then we're not going to be bold externally. It needs to be vital in living now, not something we heard. And that means we have to keep it stirred up. If we're going to fulfill the Great Commission, then this is one area that needs to be razor sharp. That we need, to, we need to know who we are. We need to be ready to share. Ready and built up and excited about what he's doing. Look at Hebrews 4, verse 14. It says, Seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession... For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. See, if we're not bold coming to the throne of grace, we're not going to be bold going out into the world. See, if we're not bold knowing who we are and knowing we belong at the throne, we belong in a relationship with God, if there's not a boldness there, there's not going to be a boldness to go out into a world that is going after hell. 
Because there's going to be a pushback for that to happen. There's going to be a pushback on any boldness in sharing the gospel. So if we're not secure in this relationship, it's going to be very hard to be secure in pushing out in relationships with other people. Do you see that? This is the foundation. We're not talking about a religion. We're not talking about just a, a, a lifeless belief system where we just go out and try to do something so we can check a box and earn our way to heaven. We're talking about knowing what Jesus did so that we can go out and share that same life and point people so that they can have that same life and relationship with God. And that involves being bold, especially in this day and age. The more settled we are that this is secure with God, then we know He's got my back. I'm supposed to be with Him. I'm so excited about it now, and now I can be bold. And if you don't like me, somebody, you know, you're going around sharing with somebody and they don't like you, you're like, well, but He does. He likes me. He loves me. He died for me. I'm right with Him now. So I'm just giving you the opportunity to get in on this thing. Oh, you don't like me? You don't like that? Well, He said there'd be days like that. He said people, if they rejected Him, they reject us. That's okay because guess what? I'm secure in Him. I'm secure in this relationship. And so I can speak up when maybe I would feel timid if it was just me, if it was just you know, um, my personality, so I, I feel like I'm uncomfortable, but there's a boldness that can rise up because I'm doing it out of love and out of obedience to Him and because I feel Him prompting me and then real boldness comes up. And you know it's not just you, you're operating with Him. It's, you see, He's able to flow through us because we're yielded to Him and are secure in Him. Look at uh, a little bit further down in Hebrews Chapter 10, verse 19. <clears throat> it says, Therefore, brethren, having boldness, boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which He consecrated for us through the veil, that is, His flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. It said, with having boldness to enter the holiest, how? By the blood of Jesus. We are bold to come into the presence of God knowing that we are right in Him. We're bold. If you're bold, that means you know you belong. We didn't say, the Bible doesn't say arrogant. The Bible doesn't say, you're, you know, you're so great and you have it all together. No, the Bible says pride comes before a fall. So if we get to where, oh yeah, it's, you know, I'm great and into myself, we're deceived and we're not going to be bold in this manner. But when we know, despite the fact that we aren't perfect, we have a heart toward God. We, we do everything we know to do, but we're works in progress and we're, 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 follow, we're not even talking about explicit sin. You just aren't there. I mean, you do your best to organize the day and it just didn't go right. And the devil will say, you're just never going to get it. And you, you, know, you have to push back on that and say, even so, I'm loved by God and he's bringing me up and I'm going to do it better tomorrow. Well, I didn't do that quite the, at work the way I wanted to. It did, wasn't as efficient. And, you know, and I'm going to tell you, you're never going to get it. And you're going to tell other people 
about Jesus? Why don't you get your life together? And you can counter that by saying, I'm coming up and I'm going to keep going up and doing better. But even right now today, thank God for the Savior and thank God I can come boldly into His presence and say, Lord, I'm so glad you, you accept me and I'm right with you. And that gives you confidence even in the middle. You didn't have such a great day. It's at the end of your day. You feel like, man, that, that needs to be a do-over. But thank God there's another day tomorrow. But you're talking to somebody. If you're going naturally and you're not confident, we could be like, well, this is just not a good day to share with you. Maybe tomorrow will be better, and then I'll talk with you. But opportunities don't happen like that. So you're in the middle. There's an opportunity to talk with somebody, and we've talked about this. You're not throwing something in somebody's face. You're being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, and you're listening to Him, and you're prompted. I mean, they're open. They're, they're, they're you know, asking you something where it's clear. There's, a, there's an opening just to, to uh, point them to God in some way. But condemnation could be there. And you're like, yeah, but I don't want to say anything. I don't even want to identify with Jesus right now because of, see, Satan's trying to shut you down. But if we know... I am not secure in God because of what I do. I'm secure because of the Lord Jesus. Right in the middle of that, that can bubble up and say, I'm righteous right now. And speaking by faith, I can share the word because the word's true regardless of what I felt like that day. And it's regardless of how well I did that day, the eternal truth of God's word is vital and it's true and it's alive. And so see, I can be always on. Otherwise, I'd be all over the place like, well, I'm, I'm a bold witness today, but today not so much. feel like going in my room and not seeing anybody. But we can be bold. If we're bold to go... Uh, to the Lord, and we know we're secure, then we can be, go we can be bold to go out into the world. Look at uh, Ephesians 3.11, or 3.12. says, in whom, in the Lord Jesus, we have boldness and access with confidence through faith in Him. We have boldness and access. Why do we have access? With confidence through faith. How do we end up sharing the Word of God with other people that same way? With boldness and access, with confidence, it's through faith. Well, I'm going to be in faith. Well, I don't feel like it. But I'm going to believe God and choose to accept that I'm right with Him because He made me righteous and we can act on that. And speak the word boldly as we ought to speak. In closing, let's look at Ephesians 6, 16, um, way back at, near the beginning, Julia. One that we skipped over. It'll fit better here. Ephesians 6, 16, this is the Apostle Paul. He said, uh, Above all, taking the shield of faith, which with you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all the saints. And for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth, what? 
boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that in it I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Paul, the Apostle Paul is saying here, I am an ambassador of Christ and I want to speak it boldly. Well, he's also wrote a lot of what we've read as far as being bold. Um, we don't know the writer of Hebrews, but the same sentiments are in these other areas about being bold in what we believe and knowing that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and being settled in that that we can be bold then speaking to others. We can be bold in sharing our faith. We can be bold in doing and fulfilling the Great Commission. Praise God. 